Welcome one, welcome all, welcome everyone in between to Broad and Fry, which is the podcast with cricket in its soul. Though occasionally, you know, we just meander off the square and uh, make our way towards the great beer tent of life. I'm Stephen Fry. And I'm Stuart Broad. And we're bringing you Stuart's Cricket World Cup update a little later on. But first, I'm so excited I can barely speak because the 12th man has trotted down from the pavilion with drinks and joined us here in the middle. We have a guest, but not just any guest. It's a very special guest. It's no less than former Leicestershire schoolboy cricketer, Gary Lineker. I'm seldom introduced <laughs> like that. Thank you. Thank God. Yes, so welcome. And it is well known for those who followed you over the years that you are a lover of cricket. Very much so. Yeah, I played from when I was tiny. It was always football in the winter and cricket in the summer before football became 12 months a year almost. And yeah, I, I played quite high. You know, I played Leicestershire schools, played for the Midlands. I captained Leicestershire schools Some from the Aussie, 16. Some um, cricketers, um, male and female, the, the men and women, ha- have moved with AFL, Australian you know, uh, football, does that, yeah, rules, you know, mm. uh, between that and mm. cricket and tennis in the case of the, uh, the French Open champion, uh, Indeed, amazingly. Yeah. Mm. Um, did you have that choice when you were... T- did you think, am I going to be a cricketer or I am I going to be a I always thought I had more chance of being a cricketer than a footballer. Really? I was I was tiny, um, and and with football, I didn't even get into like the county side. I played for Leicester School Boys. I didn't get into the county side. I was nowhere near the best player in my Sunday league team. Really? Um, but I always scored goals. Uh, but then it, it got to around 16, and the opportunity came to join Leicester as an apprentice. And from that point, really, cricket took a little bit of a back. Mm. I still played it. But football became kind of all-consuming. And it was towards it was that stage, really, where the, the old professional cricket's professional footballer, where you could do both, yeah. kind of was starting to end. Because I grew up with, I don't know, with Chris Balderston that played at yeah. played Leicestershire and Carlisle at football and one or two other yeah. clubs as well. Um, he actually coached me when I was a youngster. Graham Cross, you remember Graham Cross? Yes. Played for Leicestershire and Leicester City. Um, so they had a, so I knew him very well as well. So there were a, there were a few around. So I would I wanted to do both, but it, it just wasn't possible. And then once football took over, kind of yeah, cricket. Do. I still played every summer. I played right throughout my um, football career. Um, sometimes got in the doghouse for it, but with various <laughs> managers, Terry Venables in particular, once. But yeah, I was Stuart, a batsman. Did, did you have a? What is your second sport? Would you say? I mean, if if you hadn't been a cricketer, would you have gone for another sport, or would you? Have done uh, well, actually, growing up, my favourite sport was probably hockey. Really, field yeah. hockey. Field hockey. Yeah. 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 So I I had a growth spurt at sixty and a half, seventeen. It's not where... stopped, has it? <laughs> not stopped. <laughs> in fact, I feel really small, <laughs> really small in this room. Um, where I grew yes, up... people can't believe it when they see the photograph on our podcast yeah. of the fact they say, "Why is he standing on a stool?" Because I know how tall you are, Stephen. Yeah. I said, "Ah, oh, you don't know." No, both <laughs> very tall. So the, the growth spurt. You, the you growth re... spurt changed me into a better cricketer, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, I I played the hockey um, sticks weren't long enough. Exactly. Yeah, Leicestershire, <laughs> Midlands, got into England squad up to under 17s in hockey and then really? I, I a bit like Gary really cricket I was okay but I I didn't really excel in the youth age groups because the bigger stronger kids were better really and then it's so interesting in in any sport even if you're talking about a mental sport like chess I mean I, I when I was at university I, I knew a chess do, player do, can we class chess as a sport oh, as a mental sport I oh, said. Right. yeah uh, um, that you always get this thing where a beats b when then and B beats C, but C beats A. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's like you beat, you are beaten by someone, and then you beat someone that that 
They've the, been beaten yeah, by. Yeah, beaten by. This is coming out really badly, but you know what <laughs> I mean. I'm a bit lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let, let's put it in terms of countries. Let's suppose England beats. Let's mm. suppose England loses to Pakistan, which is an easy thing to suppose. Yeah. Um, and then a team beats Pakistan, and we beat the team that beat Pakistan in a round robin yeah. kind of thing. It doesn't necessarily or, mean you're better. Yeah. Or we beat a team. We beat, uh, say, South Africa, and then. South Africa beats Pakistan. And Pakistan said, well, we beat England, but South Africa... You know what I mean? It, it, it isn't... No, I'm trying to say something. Because varies on every That's day. That's the point. You, can, it does, it, you it? can't... You'd... And especially with youth thing, though, you think very often you get people saying, I was better than them when I was 16, mm. and now they're playing for England. Yeah. But I also find, I think, because cricket wasn't my be-all and end-all growing up, I loved the game, but I was never thinking, I'm definitely going to be an England cricketer here. I never put too much pressure on myself, so I just enjoyed playing. And I, I, whether I got naught or none for a drop catches, I, I did it for the love of it. And yeah. if I had, did, did your dad? Put, I mean, obviously, I dad was, was a really good player. That, yeah. yeah. Did, did, would he push you? Did he expect what? you to be a cricketer? I mean, that's what I mean was, he's a batsman, obviously. In Europe, yeah. But that was great about both my parents. Was when I got in the car after a day, it was, did you have fun? It was never, oh, why did you play that shot, or, or why didn't you? Score that goal. It was just have you had a good time? Yeah. So I, uh, I, which is exactly what parents should do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly the, what the, my, the, the, the parent <laughs> yelling from the sideline oh, is awful. the worst sight oh, in sport. It, isn't it? I, 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 yeah. I watch my kids playing. Like, I had four boys watching them play football and cricket right through. And I remember one football match in particular. It was a tournament, and those kids were playing. There was like six a side tournament. And there was this one young lad on the other side. He was all right. He could play a little bit, but his dad was on the side, and he was shouting. Je- he wasn't James, but for example, yeah. James, James, stop! You give it away! Don't! You've got to do that! He's ranting and raving at him, and at the end, he w- actually literally walked onto the pitch, picked him up by the scruff of the neck, oh, and dear. said, "You'll never make it! Never make it if you continue to play like this." Poor boy, should be. And then he care. walked off the pitch, and I and I said to him, "You're not helping him, mate. You're not helping him." So I felt like saying, yeah. I've, "I've watched him for half an hour. He's not going to make it anyway." <laughs> but that would have been cruel. But. I hear so much rubbish, and all they do is instill fear yeah. into the. Anyway, this is another topic. No, but, it's a really good it, point. It is interesting. So we should get to the bottom of whether you you batted or bowled. Or... I, was a, I was a batsman. Yeah. Well, we say batsman. I've heard well. about a hundred and a hat trick in the same day. I, that was quite a good day. <laughs> Who were you <laughs> playing for? For the dream day. Well, it it was, it was the Monday before the start of the season, the start of the old Division One Premier League, yeah. as you call it now. And the Sunday night, I got a call from, do you know Dave English? Runs, yeah, uh, yeah. The, runs <laughs> the the Everyone knows the Bunbury. So it was a Bunbury game. But I think it was Mike Gatting's benefit, or it, I think it was. And he rang me up the night before and he said, he said, Gary, I'm, I'm, I'm short of a couple of players. I need a couple of names. I need a couple of names to come along. And he said, it's, it's pretty much all cricketers. It's proper cricket. He said, it's really good game. I said, Dave, I can't play tomorrow. I've got, I said, it's our last pre-season friendly. We've got Tottenham against West Ham at White, at White Hart Lane. I said, I can't, I can't play before. Which is never and, friendly. And he <laughs> went, oh, God, yeah, I'm really struggling, though. I said, I can't play. He said, he said, come along, come along. He said, I'll tell you what, you can be in the team that bats first, you can open the batting, and when you're out, you can go home. I went, ooh, that sounds That's good. like the dream. No, feeling. that is the dream. <laughs> I went... Go on then. So I t- turned up. It was I think it was in Finchley. Played in Finchley, I think. And um, Courtney Walsh was opening the bowling against what? me, and he and he came in off this big long run up and bowled a bouncer so short that he went about twenty yards overhead, kind of as a joke. Yeah. Um, and then he walked back and he went off about three paces and he was about to come in. I went, Courtney. I said, 
would you give me one over? Proper over. Because I could, I could play, you know. Yeah. But it was pre-helmets. You know, nobody really wore helmets back then. So I went, he went, you sure, man? I went, yeah, absolutely. So he full run up, came in first ball, hit the keeper's gloves before I pretty much lifted my bat up. It's like, whoa. And then the second one, I, he left. He, he was sensible. He bowled everyone a little bit outside the off stump and quite well pitched up. So he was not, you yeah. know, he wasn't trying to hurt me or anything. So I've... By the third ball, I kind of twigged this a little bit. So I just and, then, and I stepped in, and I just forward defensive, um, which was the fourth ball because of the silly bouncer. And then the fifth ball, um, I left, and then the last ball of the over, he bowled it, and I thought I'd take a chance. And I went out the front foot and hit, and it went right off the middle of the bat, straight through the covers for four. I was 120 not out at lunch. And I was sweating, running. <laughs> Everything I hit, it was one of those unbelievable days. It was magical. Oh. So then I, I, I said, Dave, I'm going to have to go now. <laughs> he went, no, oh, you've done great. Thanks very much. So I, so I went home and I played, we played West Ham in a pre-season friendly and I scored three. Oh, it was the best day ever. God. The best day ever. The I hate to boast, but if you're going to no. boast, you might as well boast properly. That's a, <laughs> that's a thing yeah. Some most of us... Those listening, most of those listening, we will never have a moment like that. That's an extraordinary thing. Oh, Stuart's had no, no, well, I mean, but, of course yeah, Stuart but, will, yeah. but 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 those not, no. you know, sport does deliver no. certain things. But that... you've had your moments in life, <laughs> in other fields, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so the superstitious types would think you'd need to go and have a bat before every well, game. That's what I tried. I said to Terry, "Is that?" But um, I kind of ruined it not long after. I played a game. I played. You know, I had the cross arrows. They play at Lords oh, yes. on. Pretty much every day in September, mm. I was a member with them for for years because it was perfect because they play every day and you could pick and choose. Could play on a Tuesday or, a, and I played this game on a Thursday, and it kind of meandered towards an obvious draw. So at the end, we we batted first. So at the end, they said, "Gary, have a bowl." I went, "No, I don't bowl. I don't want to bowl." Mm. I I used to keep wicket when I was younger, but I didn't want to do that with football so much. So they went, "Go on, have a ball." I went, "Oh, go on." Then third ball in, I put my left arm, I twanged on my side muscle. Ah, it's an agony. So I had to go in the next morning and had treatment. And then Terry Venables, he, he pulled me into the office. He said, what, "What's going on?" He said, "I said, I said I injured it playing cricket yesterday bowling." He went. You and your cricket, he said, that's it, no more cricket, no more, you're not playing any more cricket. I said, Terry, you can't stop me. He, he went, no more cricket in the season. He said, you can do it in the I said, what about no more bowling? He went, go on then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wonderful. Now, that side thing, I remember Jimmy Anderson had a problem with his side, and, and the commentators always say, oh, I hope it isn't the side, if it's the side. And, um, <laughs> those of us who only use our muscles to lift a glass or push a remote control button don't have problems with hamstrings and things that you athletes have. We just, as far as I know, I don't have a hamstring. Oh, you must Certainly have never had a problem with one. So only those who do sports sort of... But what is this side muscle? Is it a latissimus dorsus or whatever it's, they it's call them? It's just above the hip, the one. It's I just yeah, above the hip. Yeah. It's, it's not a good injury for a bowler because yeah. obviously you're putting a lot of rotation and movement through yeah. there. Um, and generally you feel it uh, like with a cough or a breathe before it tears. Right. But it... Unfortunately, it's generally at the start of a bowling spell, so you might feel a bit tight, and you go, oh, "No, I'll be okay. I'll be okay." Bowl two more. I can feel it breathing now. Bowl one more. You're out for six weeks. Six so it's, weeks. Um, six weeks. So actually, I played on the Saturday, I have to say, but I wasn't bowling. But and you had to. I had to. Pl- no, I had to yeah. play because yeah. otherwise, I'd yeah, never forgiven me. I'll do you can get it when agony. you cough and breathe deeply, yeah. can't you? Can feel it a little bit, but it's yeah. it's one of those when you're getting back to bowling, you feel like, oh, I feel fine. I feel fine. And you get in that 
ridiculous shape of a bowling action once again. Yes. And you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not good. I'm not fine. <laughs> well, these are, yeah, these are bad things. You get in trouble for doing My friend Hugh Laurie, when he was making that show House, uh, a medical drama mm. in, in America, and he, he's, he loves, uh, do, particularly he loves boxing, and, and he, he was sparring at the weekends, and the studio didn't know. And of course, he came in one day with an enormous black eye <laughs> to, no, prob- to, to oh, film. He, he yeah. doesn't just box, he gets hit oh, back. Oh, yeah, he That's gets hit back. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. I can't understand it, but so, but yes, going yeah, going off piste with your proper discipline, I suppose. Did you ever play any? You played, I, I, played a bit. I of played at school, and I, I I loved I loved to bowl. I bowled off the wrong foot, and I think that was partly because my hero was Mike Proctor when I was a boy, and we oh, used to yeah, go watch yeah. him in Gloucester, and he was a very chest on wrong foot bowler, and he could swing it prodigiously. I, I, I played um, against my. Oh, I was about eight years old, and yeah. Mike Proctor was in the nets at Leicester, playing. Okay, who was the county played for? I can't remember. Gloucester, yeah, yeah. That's right, you said, and. And he, he said, come on, lads, all the kids, all the like, young Leicestershire kids, he said, come on, bowl at me. And I remember bowling him out. Oh, and it made my day, and I didn't do my side in England. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was quite, a fine batsman. It was too. quite good, You yeah. class yourself as Norfolk's greatest umpire, don't you? I do. <laughs> I do pride myself on my umpiring skills, which, you know, I'm the sort of tedious person who... Kind of look knows like, the, look like the laws. Steve. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> in the World Cup, I, I've noticed uh, that there are times... One could appear. We talked about man cats. You know this this business of the bowler running out, mm. the, the non-striking batsman who's out of his yeah. ground and uh, and and. But there are other ways you could technically, you know, if um, if a batsman picks the ball up, throw it back to the bowler. You mm. could appeal for hit the ball uh, for for handling yeah. the ball, yeah. which is uh, uh, against law, whatever yeah, the number is. Uh, sportsmanship. But th- that would be very bad yeah. sportsmanship. Wouldn't it? Have you ever heard of that being done? Uh, I've I've seen I mean Graham Gooch and Michael Vaughan have palmed the ball away with their hand and be given out when it was going towards the stumps, but I've never yes. seen mm, yeah. I've never seen an appeal for. I mean, you no. you know the, you know we had that discussion on the Mancad with yeah. Ashwin and well, it was only two days later Nottinghamshire announced the signing of Ashwin. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. Wasn't <laughs> I'll be, um, Oops. I'll be, yeah, I'll be yeah. showing a changing with. With him in a couple of weeks, which will be uh, it, probably have to bring up the my friend Justin's his love. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, are the, who are the kind of nice question there, but who are the kind of let's say the gazer of cricket nowadays that you've had come across in your dressing room? Absolute real characters of bonkers or yeah, I mean we talked about Mark Wood, didn't we? Mark Wood is invisible yeah. horse. Oh, you know, yeah, that, he's got a, a, an imaginary horse that he carries around with him on the pitch, so like feeds him an apple, and away we go. If he celebrates, he gets a wicket. He rides the horse, and yeah, we I mean, Graham Swan was a bit of a live wire. Yeah, yeah, uh, constantly getting up to mischief. You know, whether it be gluing shoes to the ground, all the reg- regular <laughs> snipping the socks. I, go I listened to, to, to Graham Swan um, um, the other day when there was, during a rain break, not surprisingly, this, this summer has delivered lately. us plenty of those. And he was talking about the extraordinary importance of the England, I can't remember his name, Masseur. and yeah, also the, Saxby. Yeah, mm. and, and how uh, he's not just a lovely guy, but he's actually important for the morale of individual players. He makes people feel better, not just physically, mm. but he, he's a sort of go-to man for, 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 for bucking you up and making you feel better about you. Would you yeah, agree Yeah, I mean, that? I reckon every sports every yeah. sports team would have someone mm. like that yeah. in the, in the yeah. environment that is selfless and just you know yeah. gives gives their time to the players and other management staff and stuff and yeah max uh, mark is sax is certainly our version of that he's been around 
over 200 test matches, I think. That's Certainly, crazy. 05 and Ashes were his, was his first series. And travels abroad with you? <laughs> Everywhere. And, and, Everywhere. And was that, did I, I, I had to sort of go in and out of the radio, and did I hear that you, you, you all chipped in and helped pay for his honeymoon or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he had a, a holiday around New Zealand um, yeah. at the end of the last New Zealand tour, which the team sort of chipped in and paid for for his 40th, oh, 40th, 50th. Oh, birthday, it's his birthday. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he means the world to the whole squad. I think you need someone it's like really that who doesn't take the cricket too seriously. Yeah. You know, isn't it, isn't, I suppose in cricket more so perhaps than football because you, you do you, tours. It's the time. I mean, I mean, a World Cup feels like an eternity. It's a month. Yeah. But sometimes you're like months yeah. on end. It must be. Yeah, I mean, in the in the peak when I was playing three formats, it was three hundred nights away a year. Yeah, so it's three hundred nights, three hundred oh nights in hotels. Yeah, because yeah. even when we're playing in England, we're in a mm. hotel in England. So it was. You do need people like that who aren't going to judge you when you've gotten on for a hundred or yeah. or dropped a yeah. few catches. Um, yeah. And he's certainly our version of that. And do 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 the coaches while a match is on? If it's a five day test, for example. Do, if if do they keep at you technically, or is it more that they talk about just your, tactics? It is it's all tactics. Yeah. yeah, I think you're in a test match. You it's, a wor- it's a worrying place if you start thinking where your shoulders yeah. are, where your front yeah. arm is. Yeah. Yeah. You know all that sort of stuff. Because to me, if someone's walking back to their mark, thinking about their wrist position or that, they're not in the battle of the game. Yeah. Mm. So. If my mind ever goes to that p- place where I'm thinking, oh, should I get wider on the crease? I, d- I pick a fight. What are you yeah. thinking as you walk back to bowl the next ball? Is it what ball you're going to bowl then? Bouncer or shall I put a bowl of Yorker? I'm going to try and swing this one in. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, I mean, I. I you, t- you decide on the you, walk back? Or do you I always look out, in? out the stadium. So my eyes, is, my eyes are always above the stand. So I'm not sort of staring at the floor and so to try and keep my body language good Uh, and it also allows me a bit of clarity and a bit of time because when you get it wrong as a bowler you just turn around go turn around go Mm. and we should get another go generally and and is it a bit like a golfer when when they're on the tee they're always told to visualize you know to picture the trajectory Mm. picture everything about the the stroke do do you similarly yeah i mean i I see where it's pitching and planning over so i've got my six balls so one of my philosophies is get in and out and over. So never try and well, always try and bowl a dot ball one and six because actually going for <laughs> yeah. four, going for a boundary and those deliveries, you take all the pressure away from your team a little bit. So well, put the pressure on your team and then on the other bowler. So I I always try and find my best dot ball one and six, and then look to set the batsman up between two and five. Yeah. He's giving um, you secrets away now. Stuff this <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and the eye cricket, of course, batsmen always want a boundary in the first ball. It always yeah. sets up the so I always for used them, to, doesn't it? The more experience I got in white ball cricket, I'd try and bowl a slower ball first ball. So I wouldn't give the pace to be able to use, like, beat point. Or, do, you, yeah. do you hate white ball cricket? No, I really As a bowler, it. do you? No, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's Doesn't swing as much, though, does it? No. Is that why... They, some, I'm, I'm asking as a... Mm. But someone like Roy at the minute, he's battering players, and you think... Why don't you just do that in a test match? Is yeah. it the fact that the white it's, ball doesn't move as It much is or? different. I mean, the white ball doesn't move particularly. Uh, it's a different challenge as a bowler because suddenly you're you're not really celebrating outskilling the batsman. Yeah. So, like, you've not swung yeah. three in and nipped one away mm. and they've caught the slip, caught yeah. the edge to slip. You're, su- you're sort of celebrating caught the ons and yeah. <laughs> yeah. square legs. Yeah. But there's a, there's a certain um, intrigue to the game of a batsman moves across and then you've got to change your line last second yes you to, see to this it, and... quite a lot the 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 the, the bowler c- just spotting the batsman he's moving all the way to leg or he's moving conversely the, you know all the way to the offside and you follow him 
azure bowling, which yeah. is astonishing, and keep your length. Or you just have to have a mindset. You have to accept that your best ball can go out the stadium. Yeah. And actually, that's yeah. just part and parcel of the game. Yeah. You can't get down about that. Or yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how Chris the game... Chris Waddle's was... best penalty went out the stadium. <laughs> 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 that's cruel. Sorry, Chris. And it's just amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how the games move forward. So I remember... <laughs> Freddie Flintoff, last ODI series coming to 2009, he went for 60 uh, in St. Lucia and he walked off and we were sat in the change room pouring with sweat and he was a bit down. I was like, what's that for? He goes, I can't believe I've gone for 60. I'm almost embarrassed. You know, it's, mm-hmm. when I, my debut, Darren Goff went for, for 28 and I went for, uh, Flintoff went for 43 and I was embarrassed then. I feel the same. But actually now, if you walk off in 2019, yeah. you've gone for 65, you'd probably be pretty Bat- happy. Batting has changed yeah. so yeah. much, well, hasn't it? Well, I've got to do so what, uh, what a cricket ball can't, and that's remove the bales uh, uh, now, because uh, we're just going to have a break. Uh, but uh, we'll tea. be back. Do we get tea? We'll get tea. We'll get <laughs> scones. And indeed scones or scones. Well, that's a whole debate. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you uh, in just a moment. Definitely scones. <laughs> yes, I'm a scone man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to fight about it. <laughs> And welcome back to Broad and Fry, everybody. This week, featuring our special guest, Gary Lineker. Now, Gary and Stuart, I am sitting between two international sportsmen, and I wanted to talk about that. You've both played abroad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you've played for Barcelona, and you've played for you know, club in the Far East. And, um, and but, but I'm talking about playing for England. Um, we always hear uh, uh, sportsmen say that playing for your country is a, is a different kind of feeling than playing for your club and and would you both agree with that that, that there is a, that's the most special thing you can do I think so I mean it's you represent your country it's the highest level you can play and there's a World Cup cricket going on now obviously um, yeah. there's a World Cup football going on now Indeed, as well of course um, in France but yeah it's, it's special because to be picked from all the teams yeah. around the country to be actually in the best team in your own country and you get there's, there's the kind of patriotic side yes, as well. Yes, when they play the national and anthem. And the nation gets, the whole nation gets behind you, yeah. whereas, you know, if you're playing for Leicester or Tottenham or Everton or Boston, it's just the yeah. people that support that club, but suddenly it's the whole, and it goes mad. Even though when you're abroad and when you're away, I don't know if it's the same for you, you're unaware of kind of the madness at home, particularly in, obviously, Football World Cups goes crazy, yeah. but you, you, you're kind of in this bubble when you're yeah. away. And you don't get it, you don't feel it, and then you come home and you think, and everyone's going crazy, you're going, Christ. Yes, Glad I, did. I didn't know it was this bad. <laughs> yes, I didn't think yeah. Gareth Southgate knew everyone was buying waistcoats <laughs> <laughs> exactly. in honour of him but, and renaming yeah. tube stations. Yeah, but, and would you say the same, Stuart? That, that was the moment that's always when you get your first call up, your first cap for... Oh, of course, it's the absolute pinnacle, yeah. I mean, it's um, you do feel like there's an added responsibility because you are representing yeah. everything to do with the, the country that you obviously were born and love. Um, there's an added pressure, but that's actually the best find that exciting mm. i think the the key is to to look at that pressure and the people watching and actually enjoy that i think if you get scared of that you can hide away and, and find it hard to express yourself on the field so i think the most top flight international uh, successful sports people enjoy that pressure and enjoy that expectation um, yeah. and thrive off that but you're right with that not knowing what what's going mm. on at home it's a bit easier with social media now but That's true. you know we we'd be yeah. in team rooms playing table tennis and pool and stuff in on our days off and not really 
not really know what's what's going on back home um, during World Cups. I mean, the, the couple of cricket World Cups, 50 over, we didn't do overly well in the, the three I played in, but the T20 in, in the Caribbean that we won, um, only really the semi-final and final, we were aware of, of the support we were getting back home yeah. um, because of time differences, etc. Of course, absolutely. Mm. And the, 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 the business of having as opponents another country, uh, if it's especially Australia, of course, in uh, Germany and Argentina in football mm. tended to be the needle matches for various historic re- and obvious reasons, I, I guess, uh, which are as much to do with football as they have to do with because history. Because they generally beat but, us as but, well. And because they generally <laughs> beat us, exactly. But you also get, you're playing against players from those countries with whom you might have played in in your club yeah so you know them well and you you get this even more in cricket now with the IPL and the various other franchises and and also don't forget your your teammates you play against most of the time yes and then suddenly you're thrust in the same you you could have had a right row with one of them obviously I didn't have a row with anyone but (laughs) uh, at at one stage and then all of a sudden you're in the same room in the same dressing room um, and it all kind of gets forgotten and you're all together it does Um, get forgotten yeah Yeah, that's good and in cricket I mean if you're you know, you know the secrets of the, your fellow players. So, if there's an Australian playing playing for Nottinghamshire, uh, as there has been, and there have been, and there've been, uh, you know, other overseas players, you know their weaknesses probably better than anybody else, and you're perfectly happy to exploit them. And ditto them, of course, they will be saying, "Oh, the great thing with Stuart, what you've got to do is you ride out the first two overs, and then he gets angry or whatever." You know. So there's a lot of that stuff going on a lot of personal yeah, it is. knowledge it, actually it's important that if you have played a lot against or with opposition players you're going to play against you don't get too drawn into just speaking about them you know right. if, especially yeah. now with IPLs and if yeah. playing with loads of different players you can see the best in them a lot because you're playing with them so you could be you know I'm, I'm playing with James Patterson at the moment with Nottingham show could be in the ashes I could be like oh swings it away, he nips it back, he bowls 93 mile an hour, he's got a really quick bounce, so you can't bowl there to it. Because you see that day to day. It was actually, if I go and say that to the top three England yeah. batsmen, they won't thank you. They'll go, oh, great, yeah, yeah that sounds impossible. So you've got, to, you, you've got to be aware of their strengths, but also not build their strengths up to be something that scares us as a make them into warriors or something. Do you know what I mean? You've got, you've got to keep one eye on little weaknesses here and there that you might be able to exploit, but um, realise that you've got to focus on what you're doing a bit. Yeah. Do you ever play football? As a, as a I group? mean, we we play a lot of football yeah. in the warm-ups. Yeah. It gets talked about yes, in I, the press I, a little bit I when there's a couple that, of niggles. I'll say, say that because when we played in Mexico, the World Cup in Mexico, we, pl- we played cricket. We played, really? a, we played against the MCCC. Mexico City Cricket Club. Oh, wonderful. And it was kind of old expats or from yeah. a variety of different countries, but um, we gave them a good idea. They had, <laughs> they had a very good cricket team. So Glenn, who, Glenn who? Hoddle, John Barnes was really good. Really? Uh, Mark Haitley was very good. Um, I could play a bit, and we, we were not a bad side. Gaza was a, a pest. Um, <laughs> but, we, we, yeah, we, we gave them, we, I think we beat them by eight wickets, and I... Yes, it was. It was, and they had the home advantage of being presumably their their platelets yes. or their their, their well, red cells it. or whatever it is that is the, used the, to the, the ball did travel fast. Yes, it would yes. move faster, yeah. wouldn't it, in so, that altitude? What a weird you'd thought! Have been really quick there, Stuart. Yeah, have nice you ever? Yeah, what's the highest cricket you've ever played at? Oof, good question. Probably Johannesburg. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, that's quite high. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. say it. I think the high veld they call it. Don't yeah, they? I think a six. I think a ball can travel six meters further or something into into the crowd with a six there. That's um, but the thing I noticed there was bowling five, six mm. overs. You're breathing. It's suddenly like, whew, yeah. I'm feeling a lot more tired than I should be here. Yeah. It's a great place to play. Yes. A, a charity I support, a prostate ch- charity. Um, uh, this, uh, this guy took, took a group of people up the Himalayas to play the highest uh, cricket match in history. Mm. And they, they, they did it this year and they succeeded. Yeah, they they thought they were exhausting. They were young and foolish. But, yeah. You don't want to be playing football in that. Mexico was four. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was 40 odd degrees centigrade. Because um, we actually played in a place called Monterey, the group stage matches, three yeah. matches, and it was 43, 44 degrees. And we played like midday and four o'clock. I think we had two games at midday and one at four or vice versa. Yeah. It was just, oof. And that it's was your cricket first... weather. It wasn't football weather. That, that was your first World Cup, was it? Yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 86, yeah, it was. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Long ago. But being able to say it is yeah. rather fantastic. And while we have you, Gary, you also known as something of a, something of a chef de cuisine. <laughs> um, uh, and in fact, those who listen to your splendid football uh, podcast will know that you often actually are wielding a skillet while 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 chatting, or at least uh, well, not close to chatting, it. But just before, yeah, you hold it in your yes, kitchen. I'm hold... currently walking around with bandages on my hands, yes, from burning should, myself. Our cooking, which see that on your right hand, careless. Your, yes. your ring finger and your little finger careless, are covered yes. in bandages. Oh, no. So you've splashed yourself with something? Um, yes, I was rendering um, some um, rack of lamb actually, and um, foolishly, as I it's been in the hot fat for kind of five minutes, and then I just thought I'll brown it on all sides, and usually use it like a kitchen towel or something. Yeah. To and I was talking to someone and lifted the. I thought, oh, that's hot, and dropped it, dropped the dropped the rack of lamb, and it splashed all over my fingers. Hence my. Yes, I've got I've cricket gloves. If I should have put them all on, they would look like cricket gloves, and then it would have been appropriate. But I'm all right. You must have been I'm asked okay. to be on MasterChef celebrities. No, I'm not you, yet. No, you must. 2023 is my target. I'm just my new passion. Really? Well, you'll be too good years. to go on. You have to go on MasterChef the professionals. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, typical sportsman no, set a target I, to achieve I, a victory. I remember um, yeah. a, a, a dinner party at our mutual friend, the, the Lorries. I mentioned to you, Laurie, before, and you, you know Hugh. And oh, yeah, do you remember years and years ago, you and Will Carling uh, were, were dinner guests, and Hugh said something about how you can't eat two cream crackers in two minutes or something. It can't be done because the cream crackers, as you, yeah, they as, get as you chew them, they, they dry. They take up all your saliva and your ability to yeah. swallow is... Ab- and you both, you and Will, and I, we both thought, this is professional. The competitiveness <laughs> I think, to be honest, astounding. I think Will might have swallowed them both whole. I think he probably <laughs> did. The desire to... It was overwhelming <laughs> to see. Uh, you know, you'd both just sort of retired and you had John Holmes, I think. It was You both had the same mm. agent, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so you were sort of making that move out of professional sports into the wider world, as it were. Com- sportsmen are competitive. And you, if you, and show, you show me a sportsman that's not competitive, I'll show you a sportsman that's not very good. Yeah. And it's just, it's, sometimes it can be a bit embarrassing because you, that, you know what I mean? That, everything, board games, got, everything. everything. Yes, everything. that's yeah. what it is. It, it's, it's actually I, a bit I, embarrassing re- Yeah, sometimes. I recently yeah. interviewed Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think it's going to be like a superstar. Yes, and, um and I could say, I went to his house and he had a little um, pool table there. And he said at the end, he said, well, let's have a game of pool. I said, all right then. And I'm wandering around because we're, we're filming it. So I'm trying to get a little bit. He would, never said a word. He's just so serious. I could see the absolute determination. 
for him to win. And inwardly, even though I was pretending not to, I was exactly the same. And he beat me. And that was a bit disappointing. It was really, I'm not over it yet, but um, <laughs> it is, it is, I mean, you see, whatever sport yeah. you play, I mean, I've played cricket, obviously, I've talked about cricket, I've got a little story that I played in, um, a, I can't remember whose benefit it was, but it was in Yorkshire at um, Ilkley, and um, it was kind of a celeb game against Yorkshire, and um, we went in, I was, I was opening the batting, and this young lad was bowling for Yorkshire, really quick. I thought, Christ, I'm so above it. And then, uh, but I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm yeah. doing all right. Yeah. I'm seeing him. I should explain, Gary, he's, he's moving then, his then he's, left arm forward as if at the crease here. And then he started to, bowl, he started to bowl like short ones. I'm ducking, I'm, I'm ducking out of the way. I've never really experienced that before, but I was, it was, I was actually quite fun. And then I hit him a couple of times quite well. And See, I don't find that that fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, and then his, his teammates were going, his teammates were going, just calm down. What are you trying to do? You're knock his head off. What are you doing? And he's gone, no, he's one of those. I don't know what it was. Ten years later, I go to the, I'm at the Ashes in Sydney. I did it after I finished in Japan. Um, I did a, like all the Ashes. I did oh. four months in Australia. It was brilliant. And uh, I was at Sydney watching the, the, the test match. And I was sat next to the, because Gao was my mate. and there yeah. was So he got me good tickets. And I was right next to the England dressing room. And I was sitting next to um, this. And Darren Goff comes out. And Goffy goes, um, all right, Gary, nice to see you. He said, I haven't seen you since I tried to knock your head off. At Ilkley. It was, I went, was Bobby Dazzler himself. I had no idea. I had no idea. It was, I went, that was you? And he said, yeah. He said, that was me. He said, you knocked me all around the ground. I said, oh, I made 60 on that day. And it made my day when I knew it was him. Darren Goff, brilliant. What? True story, yeah. Actually, it's the reason we play football in the mornings, you know, the competitive spirit. Really? To make sure that yeah. we've had some sort of competitiveness in yeah. the mornings ready for 11 o'clock. And it, I mean, it gets out of hand sometimes. You know, Josh Butler, I've mentioned before, won't speak if he doesn't. His five-a-side team don't win in the mornings. You know, it's, <laughs> but it's really, yeah, we yeah, have well. leaderboards, goal-scoring yeah. charts, everything. It's it's great, but it's actually for us, it's a great way to integrate new players into the team. Yeah, but also just get that spirit going in the morning. You don't want to ease into a to a test match. Yeah, day. and it's very noticeable, isn't it, that one of the the, the, the change in fielding skill and uh, uh, yeah. I mean and aggression. Uh, th- that so has happened. Now, it's fantastic, yeah. and it is, it is. You can see this, this, this culture of attacking the ball and every ball, and and now that there are cameras everywhere, you can see what the fielder was doing before he even knew the ball was coming to him. He was behaving as if it absolutely was coming to him, and that's the set expression on the face and the absolute commitment to it, which is means that I guess that the the game is more exciting because when you're in the field you you, you don't switch off anymore. Yeah, as, I mean Paul Collingwood who's a fielding coach yeah. talks about this um constant movement, you know. Um, and he was a master of that himself. Yeah, just of con- so if you're even if the ball gets hit out to deep cover, you're at deep midwicket, you should be moving in yeah. on the other side. You're, you might be a hundred meters from the ball then, mm. but you should be moving to get in a position to if yeah. the ball ricochets off the stump. So it's a co- when, if you're looking from the stands or on telly, there's just yeah. a constant wave of movement, yeah. which is it's good because it engages you into the, into the cricket in the field. Because we all know in cricket, you can have periods where you could stare at the clouds for an hour and yeah. not miss much. That's but, the one thing I didn't like about cricket was fielding. Mm. That's why I started keeping wicket when I was about 17. Oh, 18. did you? Yeah, because you're, you're involved in, it, in every you're ball. In yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. 
Yeah. That's interesting. And, and you know, commentators, and I assume they are to be believed because most of them these days are all ex-cricketers, um, they will talk about, oh, he's running, it's gone to his left side, so he's running, or, or he's gone to his left side, so they're not taking the second run. Do As a batsman, are you that aware? Oh, absolutely. You really are. Absolutely. And it, it's something that if you get out, you speak to your batting partner, um, points left-handed. So remember, if you knock it that side, be careful. Right. You know, um, ben Stokes is at deep cover. Don't take two to him. It's, it's, yes. it's discussed. It uh, generally, the fast bowlers in test matches end up at mid-on, don't they? So yeah. it's like, mm. if you want to get off strike, hit it to mid-on and run. Um, <laughs> so, it's to make this sport sound professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, such actually my uh, old Nottinghamshire coach, Mick Newell. I always wear a sun hat because my mum said, I've got big ears, I've got to protect my ears. <coughs> no comment. Um, so, but Mick Newell's theory was, if you wear a sun hat in the field, that's a signal of not caring about fielding. It, it does look like that, So The old-fashioned floppy ones. The old, yeah, yeah, the old-fashioned you, you can fix, you're going to go, he's not a fielder. He's not he? a fielder. So yeah, I think that that's why sense. everyone takes one to me at mid And it's interesting that the, the, the old guard of commentators, most of whom have now slightly moved on on the radio and, you know, the good old blowers and so on, though he was always very benevolent about everything. But Sir, the, the Sir Jeffries and, and, and others, when sunglasses started to appear, they, they, they would go, I don't know, well, that's how, you know, Fred Truman was, was going off down there. Or, or, you know, sunglasses, we never wore sunglasses. And now you get, like, I think Jason Roy dropped, you know, that drop in the... In, 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 because he, he, his sunglasses had slipped off. So now the sunglasses are actually apparently a, a good thing. That you actually pick the ball out better because well, of them. Well, I mean, Is that right? certainly with um, the glasses I wear, I've got a particular grey lens that picks up the red ball um, in ah, the stands. Wow, so you need a particular really? lens you that heard it, enhan- yeah. Ooh, folks, enhances the... Is that uh, strictly allowed? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> really? those, those fl- Remember yeah. when, when I was a kid, everyone wore those fluorescent orange yes, yeah. That's right, light like skiing things, ones, yeah. And, They've gone out the game because I think everyone looked at them and said, why are we dropping so many catches? You can only you think of Edgar Davids. Edgar Davids is the only footballer I can think of. Yes. Here, why are we all looking yeah. like dicks is the other thing <laughs> they might have asked themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you, you mentioned your father and I thought I'd, uh, I'd just, because uh, I feel so outclassed for all kinds of reasons here, it's athletically, that I have an ancestor. Well, a very distant one, um, a great, great, great something, uh, uncle, cousin removed, uh, called C.B. Fry, Charles Burgess yes, Fry. Yes, heard of C.B. Fry. Some of you yeah. may have heard of him, exactly. There's, cricket, um, of course, is a great game of history and statistics and so on, but it had what was called its golden age. You related the, to C.B. Fry? Well, yeah, right, you must just, be, really. Yeah. You can't be and, fries around. Yeah, long sort of face, big nose and uh, similar but he was a remarkable athlete he, he, he not only kept in England of course in cricket in, in, in as I say what was called the golden age of cricket but he also played in an FA Cup final and he, there's a story of him lunching and then going to a, a meet of an of a, of a athletic meet um, and he, his cigar was alight and he put it on his locker and he changed into his strip went out, did a long jump uh, which was the world long jump record for 17 years it stood. And then when he got back to the dressing room, his cigar was still alight. He put it in his mouth and then went <laughs> off. And um, because of Prince Ranjit Sinji, whom some of you may have heard of, who I believe was the inventor of the leg glide, supposedly. Um, but he was a great cricketer, but a, but a prince, a, a prince in India at the days of the Raj, of course. Um, and when the League of Nations was formed after the First World War, it was the first attempt to get something that after the Second World War, of course, became the United Nations. Um, there was this problem because in Albania, 
uh, King Zog had fled <laughs> and there was a vacant throne and there was a big discussion. And because Prince Ran Ranjit Singh was a prince, he had... Um, he suggested that C.B. Fry should be made king of Albania, and he was offered the throne of Albania. Wow. And I'd like to think. That's such a great I, yeah, story. I could have been king of Albania. Yeah, I knew all that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he could do a trick. And if anyone hearing this can do this trick, and I mentioned it on QI, and it is actually verified that he could do this. Eat two cream crackers in a minute. No. no. He could stand with his back to a fireplace, jump backwards, and land on the mantelpiece. <laughs> no way. I know. That's what yeah. I would have said. No way. But it is attested that he did it. I, I, I believe it, but that, I'm that, not going to try. Are you, how, gonna, Stuart, you should try. You, you should try to be on to your run up, just before you run up, in the Lords. There must have a mantelpiece and a fireplace. <laughs> it sounds it. like a, a goal or a wicket celebration, <laughs> doesn't it? it well, on that wrong. bombshell, we've <laughs> talked a lot about cricket, but we've talked about sportsmanship and uh, playing for your country. Um, and uh, I'm sure next time there'll be more World Cup things to, to speak about. But in the meantime, it's been a pleasure having you in oh, our little so, pavilion. So, so happy to have been asked. Now then, there's lots to report on from the Cricket World Cup. And here is Stuart with his thoughts on the week's key games. Yes, the World Cup has got its momentum back after the rain affected it so badly last week, really. I think England have had a wonderful week with two really comprehensive victories. I mean... I don't think we've ever seen such excitement in a in a World Cup innings as as Owen Morgan delivered at Old Trafford. Seventeen sixes in one innings. It's incredible. I mean, I, I've heard him say himself in the post match press conference that he didn't think he had that in him. And I mean, I love Morgs. I've uh, spent loads of time with him, and I must admit, I was I was watching it like, wow, I've, I've not seen him strike a ball like this before. It was. It was incredible. It was uh, powerful striking um, over the leg side, really, took the spinners down. Uh, I knew he was in a good frame from his first six, actually, because that was a slow ball bouncer that he waited for, uh, which is the hardest ball to hit for six, I think. He waited for it and s sort of muscled it over the deep mid-wicket boundary. I thought, wow, he's... He's uh, he's on one here because that's one of the hardest shots to play, uh, and then he just didn't stop. It was uh, it was one of those innings that he quite rightly walked off with a huge smile on his face because um, as a player you're always searching for those days that you can make a real difference, and you could see that you know he's the captain. He he wanted to to say to his changing room, uh, I'm leading this World Cup, I'm leading from the front, and that innings certainly did that. So that was that was brilliant for him and great signs for England. That's four different hundred makers, century makers in this World Cup already, and we're, we're only we're exactly halfway through. So I think we started off as great favourites, and I think our favourites tag has, has grown throughout this World Cup, which is a, a brilliant place to be. England had the worry of two injuries quite Strange injuries, really. I think when you talk about injuries in World Cups, you always look at it being the bowlers with the workload and and uh, the pressure going through the body. But uh, two key batsmen pulled up against the West Indies last Friday. Jason Roy, hamstrings are always tricky. I think he's come out and said that, that it's a 10-day thing. But um, we know he's had some back issues in the past, which obviously has fed down into his hamstrings. Um I think we're in the hands of the gods a little bit there. I think the physios will obviously be working incredibly hard on him. Um, but it's one of those injuries that you just, you don't need to rush. England are going to be in the semi-finals. If we get him back for semi-final final, that's a great place to be. I don't think we need to risk a, a tear of a, of a hamstring in a, in a group game. 
Moving on to the India-Pakistan game, arguably, well, not arguably, it was the biggest game of this World Cup so far. Uh, It was an incredible spectacle to watch leading in. I think any cricket fan would be excited by what what I sort of viewed on the television before the games, the fans entering the ground in great spirits, uh, just looking forward to a, a brilliant game of cricket uh, against two countries. It was it was great to a great build up to enjoy, but India were, were hugely impressive. It was as close as the pressure they'll feel to playing in a World Cup final, and I think that's what made the performance extra impressive. Is they were under immense pressure. And they were able to deliver their skill and put in a performance that they blew Pakistan away, really. So uh, that's that's great signs for India going through, leading into to massive games coming up at the end of the World Cup. Is they could control their emotions um, and deliver on on the big stage. Pakistan just just couldn't live with the the talent India had, really, and and that's not for them to be embarrassed about. And that's cricket's a, a brilliant sport in the fact that generally you lose when you've been outskilled by the opposition and um, they can hold their hands up and say India are a, a better team than Pakistan. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean Pakistan can't win the World Cup, but India have got a lot of bases covered and um, they look a, a highly skilled, determined, fit uh team and and so they're, they're bowling they've got pace they've got Yorker bowlers slow ball bowlers and, and great spinners so uh, to me India looked the biggest threat to to England's chance of lifting that World Cup and that was just heightened with with that performance and uh, the players would have been nervous no doubt record um, people saying sort of a billion people maybe watching etc two and a half million tweets or something about that game so the players would have been nervous before but they the Indian players didn't show it and that's mightily impressive Bangladesh, uh, West Indies, what a game. Um, I managed to watch most of that game actually from well, from home, but it was obviously at Taunton. And Taunton, having experienced being a bowler at white ball cricket in Taunton's not that fun, fun a place to bowl. It's uh, tiny boundaries. And I always felt the West Indies were slightly short, uh, sort of scraping over 300. Uh, but I, I never thought the, the Bangladesh side would chase that down with such comfort such ease and great skill I mean Shakib, player of the tournament for me so far he's quietly gone about his work he does a brilliant job has always done a brilliant job with the ball but this elevation to number three he'll be wishing he did that 10 years ago I think he's um he's settled into that role beautifully he's he's already scored two or three hundreds I think in this in this tournament so far so for Bangladesh to challenge the semi-finals they're going to need him to continue with with that sort of form um today obviously playing at at Trent Bridge you'll be licking his lips to to bat on that pitch um in white ball cricket so I really hope Bangladesh keep winning I obviously hope they beat the Aussies I could say that a bit quieter but um I uh I really hope Bangladesh keep winning because they're, they're a fantastic team to watch and they've just grown and grown through world cricket for for many years now, uh, I mean, I've obviously been on in teams on the receiving end of, of losses to them, uh, but they just seem to have become more consistent over the last few years. Uh, and they're a team that, that challenge every side in world cricket, which is brilliant. Looking ahead to next week's fixtures, I'm actually recording this at, at home on Wednesday afternoon. So a day of release, Thursday Australia playing Bangladesh at my home ground, Trent Bridge. I'm very fortunate I get to nip in for, for a bit of time tomorrow. My first 
experience of this World Cup live action. So I can't wait for that. Um, as an England fan, desperate for Bangladesh to do really well and, and beat Australia. But I, I think they would have to be exceptional and Australia have a slightly off day. I, I look at the Australian bowling lineup and Bangladesh will have to keep Mitchell Stark quiet. He just looks in ferocious wicket-taking form, bowling quick, bowling full at the stumps. He's going to be a real handful. Has played a bit at Trent Bridge already in this tournament, so he'll be used to to the ground and the run-ups, etc. Pat Cummings has been incredible for the last 18 months. So I think Australia's bowling tack are going to be a real test for the Bangladesh batsmen. Um, I just... I, I They will need Shakib to to have a have a really good innings at number three, I think, and someone play around him to get going. Because the thing about Trent Bridge, generally you don't win with a 220-240. We know it's a brilliant place to bat in white ball cricket and the boundaries are small, the outfield's really quick. So we are talking your 300 pluses to 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 have a game. And um, I, I can see Australia winning it because I just think they'll have a bit too much firepower with the ball. Um, but come on, Bangladesh. And we cannot talk about next week without mentioning England versus Australia at the home of cricket, Lord's Cricket Ground. It's a dream to a player to play against Australia for England at at Lord's in any game, Ashes, ODI. But in a World Cup, a home World Cup, that is something special, something to tell the grandkids, I suppose. So uh, the players will be hugely excited about that game hopefully going to be a packed house a good pitch at Lords. it'll be the first game of this world cup at the home of cricket and what a spectacle uh, i obviously leading into the ashes are hoping england win to keep the momentum up against australia uh, but key players for both sides morgan will be coming off obviously the back of 17 sixes and and the firepower but actually I'm looking at someone who hasn't already scored 100 in this tournament we've had the Joss Butlers the Roots the Jason Roys the Morgan score 100 and and get this side going Johnny Bess has been so close but hasn't quite got there so I fully expect him as a big game player to turn up against Australia and and go and get those those three figures um the Aussies Finch is a, a wonderful player he's been leading from the front but David Warner, form of his life. He just continues to score runs. So I think he'll be England's biggest threat, but I can't wait to watch Joffre Archer and Mark Wood charge in against against the Australian batsmen. I really think that game will be a firecracker of a game. We always have great passion between these these two teams. Um, But you'd argue over the past few years, this will be the strongest from both sides leading into an ODI fixture against each other. So... That's exciting, and actually, Stephen and myself will be there, which is, which is brilliant. It's uh, it's if you can't play, you've got to go and watch, and um, I feel very fortunate to to have the opportunity to go and watch. So we will give you our our feelings, our thoughts from the game while it's going on, and you'll be able to hear them in the next episode. Thanks, Stuart, for those insightful observations. And please do remember to rate, review and, most importantly, subscribe if you've been enjoying the podcast. Catch you next time. Or drop you.